I, I just think the long-term value in V friends is like, I, I can't sell. I'm, it's not happening. I got mine tattooed on me. Like it's not going anywhere. Welcome back to OnChain Experiments, where we talk with the creators and collectors building Web3. On today's episode, we talk about the Axie Infinity $650 million bridge hack off of the Ronin sidechain. We also touch on other sidechains such as Polygon, as well as the pending merge that's coming up on Ethereum. This is an experimental episode where we go with the community in a Twitter space to bring on a bunch of guests, including Remington.eth, Jeremy from Mint Songs, Izzy Dotty, David, and I am Soul. Hope you enjoy. Uh, Remy, if you haven't met Jeremy, Jeremy is also an engineer with me over at Mint Songs. And Jeremy, if you haven't met Remy, he is uh, a friend that I've had from back in my co-working days in Columbus, Ohio. We originally met there. Now Remy is living out in San Diego, California, and he's now doing headhunting for Web3. Hey, pleasure to meet you, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Excited for the convo. Um, cool to meet somebody else on the Mint Songs team as well, too. I, I definitely talk about your guys' company uh, a lot when I'm on like uh, phone calls with people. Any any notable things happen this week in Web3 headhunting? Um, I'm curious how your week in Web3 has been. Um, I uh, took on a new client, Nyon Heroes. They're going to be the first AAA blockchain gaming company. So um, basically, one of my colleagues is going to be helping them with uh, blockchain engineers, but they're, they're dope as fuck. So that was cool. And Jeremy, how's the release been going for the, the player? I've been over here doing some coding, and I opened up Vercel. And I was like, oh, someone else is deploying, and Jeremy's putting up some fixes <laughs> to the player. How's the player doing? Uh, it's good. Now I'm just, uh, so this is adding service workers to the site. Um, and the entire weekend's been me playing around with that. I also snuck in some like UI fancy stuff. I made a cool SVG animation, uh, to show that a song was playing, but, uh, yeah, it's been going good. Um, it's ready to go out. Um, but, uh, other than that, I'm not, <laughs> I'm now folding clothes. And I think if the wife hears me talking about the like talking about code right now, she's going to throw a shoe at me. So, Yeah, Remy, Jeremy has been working in like his side time to build a player. And so if, if you visit it, you type in a, a wallet address and then it's like Spotify for your wallet. So it'll play any NFT that you own. Um, and so like it's a consumption layer for music NFTs. That, that one is, I have... And so the newest chunk of code that I have on that is really interesting because uh, I have a couple of things. One of them is curation is done. I'm now trying to find DJs to like pack together playlists uh, of artists that are okay with people remixing their stuff. They'll do a remix of the song and then essentially like put together a playlist, sell the remix as their own, and then essentially like link out to, uh, other, you know, the original songs, so the artists can still make, uh, still make money from their purchases, as well as uh, having some new experience, right? And at least the goal for that is to try to recreate 
that full album listening experience uh, that I think we've all experienced with at least one album. Yeah. Uh, that one's going really well. Uh, and even now, you don't even have to log in. You can still listen to the top wallets. You just can't listen to your own because if you don't connect your wallet, we don't know who you are. It's just amazing to hear you driving and being so passionate about this and having so many people in the community already like want to engage and add their smart contracts to your player to have Domino reach out. Domino's a big music NFT performer and for him to reach out and be like, Hey, I want my smart contract included in the player. And what, what inspired the Zora integration? Cause you also added Zora and for people that don't know, Zora is a, a hyperstructure for um, NFT marketplaces. So it's a protocol level for, for NFT sales. And Jeremy added, all Zora NFTs into the player as well. But what, what inspired the Zora one? Yeah, so Domino had reached out um, and he's like, hey, like, I would love to, like, uh, well, I, he, you know, he downloaded the player. He was taking some screenshots and sending them to me. It's like, hey, like none of my stuff's popping up. I was like, oh, what platform are you using? It's like, oh, they're all custom. It's like, oh shit. Uh, okay, well, let's get a custom contract in there. I, this, I needed to build this anyways. So I built out the custom contract and all of the Zora integration, which took me probably like four to six hours, was because was, he was like, hey, I have this song that's not popping up. It's like, oh, shit, what, where's the song at? And he sent me the link to Zora. And then I spent probably six hours reading through Zora docs. And then I realized that like the benefit of me just adding his one song was that like all of Latasha gets in um, a bunch of stuff from, um, uh, what is her name? The one that does... Um, uh, living like that, or really living like that. She has a bunch of stuff on Zora as well. It opened up Jamie. to like, what was that? Jamie Cordy. Jamie, it's Jamie's her first name. Or yeah, first Cornelia, name. something like yeah, that. Yeah, Jamie Cornelia is their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she had a ton of stuff on Zora as well. It opened up this this world of music that I didn't know existed because I've I'd spent the last four weeks listening to nothing but Mint Songs music, right? Um, yeah, it was yeah. very interesting. Remy, Jeremy and I spend most of our time in NFTs. Um, I'm curious, maybe just this past week or in general, Web3 is a really big space. I'm curious which portion of it you'd say you've you've spent time in recently. Like, is it the NFT side? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll dive into that. Also want to intro my my homie. But um, yeah, I, I probably, it's probably NFTs for me, man. Like more on like the PFP, like digital art aspect of things. Um, just starting to like dive deeper into that rabbit hole. Just just got some Ethereum for my MetaMask. Finally set all that shit up. So ready to go and start collecting. Um, and then, like I was kind of saying before, like um, I mean, honestly, for me, I like to learn like every different facet. You know, even if it's like DeFi or just like the infrastructure of blockchain. Um, just I, I think all of it's just super fucking interesting, bro. Who's a Lizzie Dottieth? I'd love to meet your friend. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the homie uh, Noah. So I met Noah, I think maybe like three weeks ago at a San Diego NFT meetup. He currently goes to school in uh, Pennsylvania, but it's moving out here. But um, V friend holder, just overall genuine ass dude. He's got his own NFT collection he's working on as well. So we'll love for him to kind of pop in and share what that that looks like. But yeah, man, super, super dope guy. Appreciate you, bro. Could you guys hear me? Yeah. What's up, Busy? What's good? Um, yeah, my name's Noah. Um, 
like Remy said, I'm moving out to San Diego in a few months, just trying to finish finish school, I guess, sadly. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I've been in the space for about a year, um, in the NFT space for about a year, and uh, I won a giveaway from Gary V. Got this uh, Wombat V friend, which is awesome. Um, I'm just really trying to make some connections out here, and saw that you guys had a little space going on. So here I am. So nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. That's a hell of a giveaway. Yeah, dude. I, and at the time, the floor for V Friends was like 24. And I was just a broke-ass college student. Still am. But uh, <laughs> I was like, what do I do? But got a hold. Got a hold. Yeah, wow. yeah. I'm now, what, like two years into the space? And, like, my general ethos is if you are starving, like, sell your ape. But also, like, V Friends seems to be innovating pretty heavily. Or, I mean, Gary V's Gary V. Uh, so I don't know what I would do in that situation either. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been making it work still, you know, just flipping NFTs and, and, like, doing all that kind of stuff, running my own little reselling business. So we're making it work for now. And then uh, I'll be starting my full-time job in October in San Diego. So just, just got to survive till then. That, that's really what's going on right now. But uh, I, I just think the long-term value in VFriends is, like, I, I can't sell. I'm, it's not happening. I got mine tattooed on me. Like, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> But yeah, I'd like to, I'd definitely like to hear a little bit about what you guys got going on um, because I actually, I'm in an entrepreneurship class right now and this was before I met Remington, but we had a project that was like, uh, or we had to sign up for like a business competition and my business was actually a music NFT. Um, I, I don't remember like all the details. I could pull up my paper in a little bit, but I'd like to hear what you guys have going on because I ended up reaching out to a decent sized artist like he's growing and um he said he was interested in getting involved in the space and if i could refer him to you guys at the very least i'd love to do that i don't know if that helps you but yeah i'd like to hear whatever you guys got going on go ahead jeremy i was gonna say you you go ahead i could talk for a million years about this so first um love the narrative of being the college kid that's graduating and like having options of web three in the full time and just hearing more about how people that are leaving college and leaving school are navigating having options in web three as well as having traditional options. So I would, I would love to hear more about how you're navigating that of, it sounds like you do have a full-time offer and how you, how web three fits into that for you. It's a very uh, exciting time to be graduating. So would love to hear more, but uh, yeah, both Jeremy and I come from the Min Songs team. We are building tools for musicians to build their Web3 communities. So we've got a music marketplace. We've got uh, a whole bunch of different tools for musicians to use in Web3. Um, yeah, before this was doing, uh, working with musicians over on the voice side with Amazon Alexa, I was helping musicians build AI around their voices and then saw more of like the creator economy in web three and really wanted to work with a team where I could be all in on NFTs and web three and get paid to learn this stuff. And so now I'm blessed to be working with the web, the web three team at mint songs. I get paid to focus on web three and music all day. I'm blessed to get to talk to musicians about the products that we're building. 
Um, the thing that's been exciting me recently is launching on-chain splits, which is hopefully rolling out this week. We're building on the hyperstructure of 0x splits, so it's unstoppable, runs immutably on Ethereum, and it provides splits infrastructure for musicians and other creators. It doesn't necessarily have to be for musicians, but with the Mint Songs interface, we're building for musicians to be able to say, hey, um, I'm recording this podcast with Remington, Jeremy, and Vizzy, um, Noah, Vizzy. I want all of us to get a portion when the NFT that I'm going to mint from this podcast episode sells. So, Vizzy, you're new here. You kind of you spoke up. You asked some good questions. Let's give you 10%. I'll give Remington uh, 40%, Jeremy 20%, and I'll keep whatever's left over. And then every single time that NFT sells, uh, the money gets split up appropriately. And so it's it's a very cool piece of infrastructure. And also, it's like you own it. So as the creator, it similar to the manifold mindset, where when you deploy a smart contract, you get to own it as the creator, not owned by any platform, I think is a, a powerful piece for us to be building in as a as a business that needs to profit while also wanting to enable musicians to have as much ownership as uh, as makes sense to like really fuel the creator economy. Um, again, just like Jeremy, I could talk forever as well. Um, no, Jeremy, I, I what you want to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Vizzy, if if you could touch more on like how you're navigating that, leaving college and then going to like a full time job, while it also sounds like flipping NFTs. I've also never met anybody that flips NFTs and has made profit. So like, if you could elaborate <laughs> your story more, I would love to hear it. Yeah, dude, for sure. So right now, I'm a senior accounting student in Pennsylvania at Westchester University, and uh, so I I've been running a resale. I don't want to call it a business because it's really more of like a side hustle just to. Like I'm paying my way through college doing that. So whatever you want to call that. Um, and then last year I was down bad. I had about 600 bucks to my name and rent was due in a few days and couldn't cover it. And like, I don't like ask my parents for money. I'm not like that. So I was talking to one of my buddies who like longtime best friend. And he was like, dude, I'm thinking about getting into NFTs, blah, 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 blah. I was like, you know, I've been seeing shit. Let's, let's do something. I need money by the end of the week. And so we found this project called Animetas. I threw all my money into it like an idiot, a true degenerate. And then um, ended up flipping it for two and a half ETH. And that was like the the start of like, all right, this is this is easy. That's really not. But uh, so I went ahead and started researching projects. Like I'd go on Twitter and I'd look at the uh, like look up the NFT community hashtag and like like buzzwords like whitelist and whatever and i'd find projects and i'd I, I have like a criteria that i narrow down um when i'm investing to flip or whatever so i really just look for fully docs team um like well-rounded community that's not all in it for the profit like stuff like that and um i've been doing decent flipping nfts and uh then anything Gary V puts out, I buy, and that's been working too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've taken plenty of losses, but it's it's getting the bills paid, so I cannot complain. But um, the beginning part that you asked there, how I'm navigating full time, flipping NFTs, school, all that. Um, my job's going to be in accounting for now. We'll see. Um, and I plan to continue to do NFTs full time, but it is it's draining. It's a lot. Um, even right now with school and no job, it's a lot to keep up with NFTs and and schoolwork and everything. So I can't imagine how it's going to be with work, but really just 
taking mental breaks when I need to um, has been the key for me. Like once I get stressed out watching the numbers fluctuate all day, it's like got to go find something I like to do and, and just mellow out because this shit's stressful, man, like like no other. So in short, that that's my story. And if you have any questions, I could I could answer whatever. I definitely have a question or I have two questions, really. Uh, so the, the first one, you don't necessarily have to give a like, great answer to, but like, since you've gone like semi full time on like the, on the flipping game and let's say after you got enough experience to like do your research and stuff like that, was there any significant, like, wow, this was a, like, this was a loss, like oh, yeah. was that like you hit really hard and it was like, fuck, this was, this was bad. Yeah. And then the second is in the music NFT space, like secondary sales haven't really kicked off yet. Right. Uh, so as, as a flipper, is this something that you even consider or do you still buy music NFTs as uh, like just to collect them? Um, or have you found a way to flip music NFTs that like I'm not aware of? OK, so I'll answer that question first. So I have not gotten into the secondary on music NFTs yet. I've been doing a little bit of like research and I thought about starting something of my own up and then all that. But what I do know is music NFTs like. I, I feel like right now what's happening is um, there's like a phase everybody's going through. It's the early stages and they like the the profile picture NFTs like like I have, like the V friends or like the the board apes and all that. But I think once this space evolves, I think that like photography, I think music, I think all that kind of stuff is going to take off. And that's why I'm trying to get ahead of the game for once and or why I was trying to get ahead of the game for once and dive into something like I reached out to a few artists, heard back from one big one and I was like, all right, maybe we can make something work. And so we've been talking a little bit. I think that music NFTs are the future, but right now I, I didn't start flipping them because there's not enough volume. If that answers your question. That absolutely does. And then, yeah, I, I know I asked you questions. I wanted to kind of poke into this one a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think that there's a possibility that the secondary market for music NFTs will never come, but there will be, uh, like an associated market, uh, like um, like earning, like you know, split earnings on like concert revenue or merch revenue or something like that with ownership, that then suddenly makes music NFTs worthwhile. That's that's where I think it's going to go. Like exactly what you just said. I think that that's where it's going to go, and I think people are going to start getting into this more, um, into like the music slash NFT space more. Um, I think that's that's coming. It's just the timing right now isn't right because the the board apes of the world. You know what I mean. But uh, back to your first question, I got my ass kicked on a few <laughs> a few investments. Um, for as many good ones, there's there's bad ones too. Um, like I bought I bought stuff for like over an ETH that right right now I'm still holding. Oh, actually, a perfect example. So I don't know if you guys know Lazy Lions. But Lazy Lions was an NFT that dropped. I don't even know when, but it was one of the first that I was going to buy. So I was in a Discord group that um, it was a reselling group originally. And so like the guy, would he never missed. He'd be like, all right, go buy this. We're going to corner the market and we're going to resell it. Nothing essential, but like, like, for example, like PlayStation, stuff like that. So then that group sort of transitioned into NFTs when Bored Apes were minting and the guy was like, yeah, you guys could go buy these. I'm not sure how they'll do, but it's a little bit risky, whatever. So I didn't buy any, of course. Um, then a few days later, Lazy Lions dropped. And they, right now, are over one ETH floor. 
and they didn't sell out for a few hours. So he was like, okay, lay off these. We don't need those. But these pigs are dropping. They're called Cute Pig Club. These Cute Pig Club NFTs are dropping. They're going to be a hit, whatever, whatever. So I minted 20, and it was like 0.07 ETH a piece. So whatever. And uh, now they are literally worthless, sitting in my wallet, just withering away. So um, skip Lazy Lions for Cute Pig Club. Lost like two ETH and missed out on a lot of profit. So stuff like that happened in, in the early stages happened a lot to me, but instead of blindly listening to somebody's advice, like I, I started doing my own research after that. And uh, so the losses are fewer and don't hit as hard anymore. <laughs> I want to make sure that we have time to dive into some of the bigger topics like the Axie infinity hack that happened this week. Um, Remington, I was just looking through our newest speaker, IMK. It looks like you guys might be friends as well. Would you mind giving an intro? Just, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think we met, I haven't like actually spoke with uh, her yet, but we met through like another Twitter space. Um, uh, sounds like she's working in the, the NFT space for healthcare, which I think is super cool. Um, so yeah, IMK would love to have you intro and kind of share us, share a little bit more about um, who you are and what you're doing. Okay, uh, you guys are going to hear puppies in the background. I wasn't expecting to speak. But um, so my background is in Web 2. I've been in Web 2 seven years. I'm at Microsoft now. And I'm looking to transition to Web 3. My personal project um, is going to be a healthcare NFT, it's figuring out a way to pay patients for the value they add to the medical system. But my buddy is launching an NFT within the next month, maybe six weeks. Um, and that's in the gaming space. And he's looking to bring me on. So um, those are the top two projects that I'm working on right now. Love that. Love that. I mean, there, there's so many different use cases that can be applied to NFTs. So just to hear someone, you know, is working on it in the, the healthcare space is super cool. We'd be curious to learn a little bit more about uh, the gaming NFT project your friend's working on as well. Yeah, once I'm allowed to talk about it, because, you know, with um, once it drops and everything or I get uh, the go ahead to talk about it, I definitely will. So I, hopefully in the next couple weeks, one or two weeks, probably. And like, what's your, your background in professionally? Like what, what's like been your expertise? Yeah. So um, I got into technology through user experience, specifically UX research but right now I support um, back-end storage products in Microsoft's cloud called Azure. So I have front-end and back-end um, experience and that's all kind of in web two, not web three. So, um, so going into web three, um, yeah, the projects that I'm looking to get a part of and 
get up off the ground all have to do with upcycling folks out of poverty. So that's overall like has always been my mission statement, regardless of what job title I had at the time. Thank you for joining us, IMK. It's really nice to have you here. Clicking through your profile, uh, it's 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 really nice to just have you here listening, to have someone that's coming from Microsoft that is interested in the space and is doing so much already. Yeah, thanks thanks for joining us. And uh, Staff Striker, I also see you're here listening. You've been invited to speak if you want to come, but definitely don't, don't feel pressured to come talk. I did want to talk about the Axie Infinity news that's happening. I'm not sure how much everybody knows, so to just kind of set the context, roughly $625 million worth of crypto was stolen from the from Ronin. Uh, the bridge, which is the bridge that goes from Ethereum over to the Axie Infinity ecosystem. According to Sky Mavis, which is the company that builds Axie, an attacker used private security keys to compromise the nodes that validate transfers to and from the Ronin blockchain. That allowed the attacker to quickly withdraw large quantities of Ethereum and USDC. The transfer was discovered today, or nearly a week later, when another user attempted to withdraw Ethereum through the bridge. So, a bunch of money was taken from the Axie Infinity Bridge. I personally own some Axies. I've got two scholars that play for me, and I've got some ETH over there, some love potions over there. Um, all of my AXS tokens are over there being staked, and so... I think as of right now, I'm not able to withdraw back to Ethereum. Um, but this has really brought a lot up into my head in terms of side chains and bridges and kind of moving away from Ethereum's level of security. Um, I'd be curious if anybody else has heard about this or has any takes on this Axie Infinity hack that happened. I actually have a question that I think I posed privately to you, Sweetman. Um, and that was the message from the Axie team saying that the funds were safe, uh, yet you are still not able to withdraw. Um, the, the definition of safe is what's confusing me right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great question. Because I can still do everything I want over on Axie. I still own my Axies. I still have my ETH. I can still be staked, but if I want to move it back to ETH, there's no funds in the bridge for me to be able to put it over there. Um, yeah, like, so the day that this happened, or the day that it was discovered, Jiho was supposed to go up on stage at NFTLA, and Jiho's one of the, the leaders of Axie Infinity, and uh, it ended up just, like, kind of creating a sour mood for him. But reported later on at, at an Axie meetup, a lot of the Axie people in the community were like, oh, this is going to be fine. They're going to be able to get over it. These, these kind of hacks happen. And then we learn from it. If you look over at the Solana blockchain, they had a wormhole hack a little while ago. And like some investor just gave them all the money back that they lost. And so everybody ended up being good. And th that's one of the big questions I think philosophically we need to ask is like right now it seems like a bailout mindset with, with these hacks. Like something like Axie Infinity's bridge get gets hacked, Y Combinator or uh, uh, what is it, A16Z just like fronts them the money so that they can pay us all back. Um, are we just going to continue to bail out these bridges or is the mentality like, hey, we're early on, these mistakes are going to happen early on. But as the ecosystem matures more, 
the bailouts aren't going to happen. People are going to start to get screwed. And like, if this hack happens, like I, by choosing to put my funds over in the Axie environment, will potentially not get it refunded. So like, I'm, I'm curious of like what, what, what the community's thoughts are on where we should be going. Like, is your thought using these kind of technologies that the companies are going to protect you? And if they get hacked, they will, they're responsible for refunding you. Or do you think that this like concept, this mental model around refunding the victims of a hack is uh, unsustainable in Web3? Like I'm, I'm, I'm torn and I'm very curious of like what the community thinks and how it's actually going to go. Cause yeah, I mean, we're coming back into a bull market. There's a lot of money that's entering the space. Sure. We can, we can like do bailouts now and reward all the people that took the risk, but is that going to be sustainable 10 years from now when like, or, or do we need to enforce like, yo, people figure out what's going on in these bridges, take control, take responsibility, do your own research, come up with your own thoughts and, make informed decisions. And if you make a poor decision, you have to deal with the results of those decisions. Like, yeah. Does, does that answer the question of like how the, how the, what it means to be safe or does that just add more confusion? I think it, it leads to, I mean, the entire thing is concerning, right? After all of my, like my minimal experience, I mean, everything I've learned about like the, like the tech side of web three, I think I learned from you, Sweetman, right? Uh, so, at least from my perspective now, like bailing out is never a long-term solution. It is a, like, it is a temporary foothold until security can be put in place. And uh, the U S is very good at not putting those securities in place after the bailouts. Um, And I would like to see how the web three industry kind of evolves past that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like these, these web three companies, like, are growing rapidly, which means they're getting enormous amounts of money like very quickly and like they're scaling too quick and there's not enough security and regulations being placed within like the leadership, the team to avoid, you know, situations like that. So I, I think it comes down to like, um, you know, people really need to pay attention to, to what's happened to Axie and, you know, the whole ecosystem needs to speak up and be like, hey, like we need to put you know, some cybersecurity or some like some sort of insurance, um, you know, if this does happen, that no matter what, you know, whoever's involved in this is going to get paid back and isn't going to be fucked long term. I mean, 600 mil, it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot. I, like I was listening to a podcast about this today. Like, I believe that's like the biggest crypto hack like in history. Um, and, and yeah, that's just like, you know, what are the next steps for for companies like Axie, I wasn't pretty familiar, like with them prior. Um, but it's like, you know, does this this company just kind of go away? Like, um, like you guys were saying with the Solana blockchain, like do their investors give them money and everything's fine? Like, very curious to see like what, you know, the future holds for Axie and then just the security in general. Well, if you, if you look at their Twitter profile, if you if you close down the space, hit the magnifying glass, and then look up Axie, all that they're talking about at this point, it's been two days since six hundred and fifty million dollars, the the biggest hack happened, and they're they're talking about the release of their next gaming mode, and that's supposed to be super big, but like I, I was I was hoping to have more statements on this, and like this isn't the first time that a team has gone kind of down and had it happen 
like a couple weeks ago, the Polygon chain totally stopped producing blocks. And these are really major economic uh, pieces of infrastructure that we're starting to trust. And it doesn't feel like it's getting talked about enough, almost out of like fear of hurting their, their prices and their valuations. And like Polygon barely talked about it. They, they had one, one blog post about it. Um, one like kind of forum post and then all that they were talking about was their partnerships and now Axie Infinity like they had this happen there's a TechCrunch article there's a Verge article there's a CNN article but Axie Infinity is just talking about their new feature that they're going to be dropping this week um, which is really big like this new game mode is really big and it's changing a lot of the fundamental mechanics of um, you say you just discovered Axie Infinity for, for people in the play to earn or just like the web 3 gaming ecosystem Axie Infinity is the largest play-to-earn game out there. And so, like, if, if you're learning about play-to-earn games or Web3 games, you will very quickly discover Axie Infinity. Um, and so, like, they, they, I feel, set the precedent. And I personally, I love the vulnerability. I love that people are able to do their own research and figure out how this kind of stuff happens. And we can do a lot of independent investigative journalism. But it would also be great if uh, these companies spoke out more because like, like you said, Remy, like we got we to gotta learn from these mistakes. Insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And if we don't take the time to raise our hand and say, look, I, we did something wrong. $650 million was gone. We're not just going to like play this off and say that this was nothing. Let's take the time, talk about it, create open discourse, and then like continue to grow. Because I feel like if it just gets swept under the rug, that's where those – I don't know who spoke up about it, but it was – he was like – does Solana just like die? Does Axie just die? Do we just never hear about them again? I feel like if we can't create an open conversation when $650 million gets stolen, that's when we kind of get swept off to the side. But if a company can like have a true conversation, we can like write a different narrative. I, I mean, like with them just sweeping it under the rug, like what's the difference between that and like a centralized bank or, or a government, you know, like that's the whole purpose of decentralization is so that like, there's an open source of dialogue and communication when this stuff happens. So like exactly like you said, sweetman, you know, people, we can build upon it and make sure it doesn't happen, but it's like, it's, I, w I was just on their Twitter. And like you said, like, I'm not seeing shit about the hack. Um, and that, that is a little concerning for, you know, someone who's new entering the space, looking to become, become a part of like a community or a project they like. And they're not like, I guess just like accepting what's happened, apologizing to the community, to, I guess laying out a roadmap as to what the next steps are. Like, I think that's the kind of shit like that needs to be done when this stuff happens. I have a, so one thought that I have on this is that the traditional web two reaction to a data leak, to a, uh, to like any monetary loss, is not admitting fault, right? Because there's a legal reason they do not do that, right? They do not want to get sued and the, the publicly admitting fault would allow them, uh, would, you know, increase whatever offense uh, people have going against them, right? But uh, we have the ability to be better than where we came from. Uh, there haven't been any large that I know of, uh, like Web3 lawsuits happening right now. And I think having a conversation of like, all right, this is what we're going to do to increase security. This is what we're going to do to like maybe move off of that, uh, uh, like move away from this bridge um, in some way, whether it's, I don't know if it's even possible for them to like 
to commit a couple million dollars to like moving to a roll up, if that's even possible, that could be a conversation that they're having instead of I know they don't want to take they don't want to take responsibility, but they could take ownership of the solution, right? Yeah, they really could. Interesting thought of the roll up that that's that's the kind of thought that only comes when you've got a techie on the phone that like, oh, yeah, roll up, like, obviously, because then everything gets committed back down to Ethereum main chain. And that, that's a big thought is like roll ups. You don't have these private key vulnerability points, but in side chains, like on Polygon and the Ronin side chain, you you do. Now, Polygon's come out and said that they do not have the same security vulnerability um, as what Axie had. Um but the option is there. And the fact that they don't have it now does not mean that it couldn't get updated to include it. But whereas on a rollup, this, this kind of problem doesn't, uh, doesn't happen. The rollup just keeps executing. <laughs> it's very, very engineering of you. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going off of the conversation that I've had with you and, uh, uh does Curtis have a internet name? <laughs> uh, you and Curtis. Um, but the idea of like, all right, these, uh, you have all these assets that are in Axie. Uh, their like their bridge went down or their bridge lost a bunch of money. You now can't move that stuff over. If they commit a couple of million dollars to wrapping all of that stuff up and then like attaching it to a roll up, and then you like you then have the ability to move your stuff out at will, uh, which is important, I think. But again, I don't know enough about it to to really speak. I'm just like I'm I'm thinking like if any other company like if Mint Songs had an issue like this right what what could we do to make sure that the people that trust us uh are you know are not left out to dry or uh ignored right I don't want, I would never want to be the company that is sitting around like with a fire behind it like with a smile on our face it's a very yeah it's a very weird concept yeah this overall is getting me in like the mental model I think I've been stepping into is uh, go to Ethereum for decentralization and security. If, if you value decentralization and security in your assets, put them on Ethereum L1. If you're in a place of experimentation, experiment on the L2s. Like if you're new to this space and you don't know anything, experiment on L2s. It's cheap. Um, your failures are going to be inexpensive. You're not going to be paying $50 for a transaction. You can try out a lot of different things and learn a lot very easily. Um, but once you start to develop uh, like what your principles and what matters to you and you want to like leverage DeFi in a big way or you have NFTs that matter for you, start bringing those over to like the ETH main chain because like they're we've, we've now seen that these side chains are showing like, hey, we will shut down. The precedents are being shared by the, the biggest side chains that like these side chains will shut down and as users, these are the facts. Um, Ethereum has never stopped producing blocks since it started in 2015. It has never once stopped producing blocks and has never once had a big hack. Um, it might have forked. It might have slowed down. The gas prices might have spiked. But since 2015, as a company, Ethereum has never stopped doing its job. And so like that, that Lindy test and that like that, that Lindy effect just happens like by by these actions have continued to be performed. You can look at them on an ether scanner on a blockchain blockchain scanner. And you can see these different pieces of technology are operating really well with security and aren't, aren't hackable and are truly decentralized. And these other pieces are, are very essential pieces in the scaling e ecosystem of core decentralized secure blockchains, but you do make compromises. You're not getting the security of Ethereum. You're leveraging polygon security or, 
Ronin security. And these are very different security concerns that you need to make. And it's like, how do these conversations happen with newbies? Should newbies even be expected to have these conversations? Or is like, is, is this conversation only meant for the, the techies that are actually building the technology? Like, I, I'm glad that Remy's here. Cause like, I'm, I'm curious of his thoughts. Like, are we losing you here? Or does this make sense? This thought of side chains versus rollups and bridges getting hacked. I definitely understand like the whole side chain concept and like, it does make sense as to why the L2s are more, I guess, like vulnerable or more, um, I guess like easier for them to not produce blocks kind of using your, your terminology. And then like Ethereum is just like the trusted, you know, blockchain that everyone can rely on. Um, I, as far as like a roll up goes, definitely don't know what the fuck that is, but, um, I don't know. It, it, it's it, it's good stuff either way. If it helps, I just learned about rollups like three days ago, so uh, you can thank Sweetman for that. Yeah, Sweetman's deep in the rabbit hole, man. I love it. Well, partially it's because I've got bags. You know, when when you hold bags in something, you care. Like uh, Mr. Wonderful from the Shark Tank is a great example I like to look at. He hated and called Bitcoin a nothing burger for so long. And then the moment he gets bags in Bitcoin and Ethereum, he's speaking on Polygon panels. He's showing up to all these conferences. He's talking about how good crypto is. And this, the same thing's happening with this Axie hack. Like, I care because I own Axies. I've got sponsors that are based in Southeast Asia that are playing this game and they're, they're earning some of their income that they're using to pay their bills from playing this game. And like, I'm, I've diversified some of like how I'm building my business around using this game. And so when, when, a, when a $650 million hack happens and they, like Jeremy says, just kind of wave their hands and say, it'll all be okay. But I have, but at the same time, I can't bring my funds out. It, it, I, I raise my hand and say, I need to talk about this with whoever's going to listen to me. So, uh, yeah, I, I get, mo it, it's good to be reminded by you, Remington, that like, uh, most people don't know about this stuff. And I think that everybody knows about Axie Infinity. But there are people that are deep in this space, showing up to Twitter spaces every day, having a full life talking about board apes and flipping JPEGs. And they still, the play to earn side of NFTs and of this Web3 ecosystem, they might not have discovered. And so there, there's, this building is so big. There's so much that you can talk about in the space. But it seems like most of us are associated with the Ethereum ecosystem. And um, I am excited about the merge and just having people here. I, I wanted to talk if anyone else has thoughts around the merge. Because today I tried to stake some Ether. I tried to take my ledger and stake it on Rocket Pool. And Rocket Pool told me, sorry, we are backed up. Um, there's like everybody's FOMOing in to try to stake their ETH because the merge is coming. And once that happens, a bunch of money is going to be coming to the people that are staking. And like so much so that like I can't stake my ETH right now because the queue's backed up. But uh, does anyone else put their mind around the merge recently or have any thoughts around the merge coming up? Can you uh, explain like what the merge is, like what that's going to do for the Web3 ecosystem in general? Yeah, yeah. The merge is Ethereum moving from proof of work to proof of stake. So instead of just generating these random meaningless hashes to prove, look at how much work I can do, and the work just kind of burns energy and is highly energy inefficient, uh, we're going to proof of stake, which is going to be one, green, so... It's going to make all the concerns about Ethereum and minting NFTs and it killing the planet kind of go out the window. It's going to be super energy efficient. 
Um, it's also going to change the reward, the incentive infrastructure for how blocks are produced. Instead of the network being secured by, again, those buff dudes like just flexing their muscles and burning a bunch of energy, it's going to be from people just holding the tokens. And so if you want to earn those block rewards, um, instead of you having to go out and buy expensive ASICs and setting up a computation farm that is mining for these hashes to get the block rewards and to get the tips, Instead, you just have to hold the token and then remove your liquidity and put it in staking and say, I'm not going to take this out. I'm going to stake it and I'm going to make it inaccessible for me to flip and trade and leverage in DeFi and all these other places. I'm going to set it off to the side and then that will passively secure the network for you. Um, and so then anyone can be like right now, it doesn't make sense for me to be a miner of Ethereum. I won. I'm living in Argentina and I'm a digital nomad. And so for me to bring my mining rig around with me everywhere doesn't make any sense, but I can stake. I can leverage a decentralized uh, platform to stake something like Rocket Pool or Lido, or if you're on more of a centralized uh, structure, you can leverage Coinbase. Coinbase has staking for your ETH built in, and then you can just stake it, and then you can earn a passive return. And these, these returns, if, if this sounds like a foreign concept to you, it's already public on platforms like Solana, where you can stake your soul or on uh, Cosmos where you can stake your Cosmos or Algorand. If you, there's a whole bunch that you can scroll through on, like a Coinbase is probably an easy interface that most of you have. Um, and any of them that are offering those passive returns, I'd say the majority of them are proof of stake systems. And that's exactly how you get rewarded in proof of stake is uh, that. So the merge is supposed to be happening uh, around June. So like the middle of summer of this year. And uh yeah, so we're starting to see the last little bit of FOMO of everybody, the people who know, trying to position themselves for this to happen. Because um, it's not vaporware anymore. It's not just like the thing that Ethereum's been talking about for years and is never actually going to implement. We have a solid timeline on when it's coming out. It's being deployed onto test nets. You can test the merge right now on test nets and like it's coming. And like like Remy, Remington, you and I say in like some of our other sessions with uh, Jaden and Jenner, like just manifesting something by continuing to affirm and continuing to like have a mantra that says this is coming, this is happening. And just watching as that reflection continues to get manifested around you. And the merge is something that has been a meme circulating on the internet ever since Ethereum was born pretty much. And now it's like within the next three months, this is going to happen. ETH is going to move from being a inflationary asset to deflationary. So there's going to be more ETH burned than there will be being created. There's also not going to be any ETH entering into the secondary supply. So unlike now where ETH, when a block miner mines it, it goes to that block miner and the block miner can immediately sell it on any exchange and flip it. There's no withdrawal contract for ETH2. And so all the ETH that you're putting in cannot be withdrawn. And so even though block rewards are going to be going to the stakers, there's no mechanism in the ETH2 smart contracts to be able to withdraw that. So there's not going to be any new Ethereum being introduced into secondary markets although ETH is still being burned. So more ETH will be leaving the market. There will be no new ETH entering the market. So my prediction is this is why we're starting to see ETH prices climbing really fast this past week. And we probably will continue to see the prices climbing throughout the merge in the next three to six months. But I also am not a trader and this, none of this is financial advice. And I'm just super excited as like a geeky engineer about what's going on with the merge because there's there's billions of dollars close to a trillion dollars that's secured on ethereum and we are changing the base fundamental 
part. It's like it's like flying a plane and changing the engine while the plane is flying and saying like, don't you, none of the passengers can know that you're changing out the engine. And it's just like it's so cool to see a decentralized community executing on this kind of a migration in real time. Uh, and so th thanks for the question. Does, does that help clear up a little bit of what the merge is, Remington? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Sounds sounds dope as fuck for just the Web3 community in general. So it's always good to hear the excitement in your voice, bro. I'm like, shit, <laughs> just makes me smile. It's coming. Merge is coming. Does anyone else have any thoughts around uh, the merge coming? Or uh, wasn't did I talk through it all? What did I miss? Sorry, I slipped away for two seconds. I asked if anyone else had any thoughts around the merge coming up in a couple months. I don't know if I've heard your thoughts. Do you, do you think about it much, the merge coming up? I mean, I do. My biggest thought is uh, this is more like I've been in the space for far less time than you have. Um, so my first thought is even if they do merge, is it possible for anyone to continue on the original ETH contract and continue doing whatever they were doing? Um, and then, like, is it possible for a majority of people to ignore the update? Because uh, I just don't know. Absolutely. It's the, it's the power of decentralization. Could totally do that. And then we've got ETH Classic, whatever they decide to name this Ethereum, and then the Ethereum that we're all moving over to on proof of stake. It seems like from what Vitalik says, King Vitalik of, of Ethereum, he, he seems to say that they've talked to the majority of miners and it's going to, like, everyone's on board with it. We have consensus from the Ethereum community, but I mean, I, there is always the option for a revolt to happen and people do not want to support proof of stake in that migration. And if that happens, it'll be exciting to see the discourse. I, I, I love how permissionless Ethereum is because like, yeah, we can just decide as a community where we want it to go. And it, what this we is, is a bunch of individual actors that an emergent behavior and an emergent consciousness like emerges from of what is Ethereum, but a bunch of decisions from the individual actors to say, this is how it works. Also, I have another question for you, right? So from a creator's aspect, like if you're a musician uh, or you're a painter, right? Do you like care to any significant amount how the US dollar works, right? If, you're, if, if your focus is creating the best thing you can create, do you care about the stock market? Do you care about uh, like trust funds and, and like earnings from, uh, you know, any holdings that you have. Um, and then like transferring that over to like to the web three space, right? If you're a creator, does the transfer to web, uh, sorry, to like ETH two or three, that like the new version of ETH, does that matter to you at all? Uh, if your entire goal is just creating something and then being able to provide for yourself while creating that thing, right? Which this is, this leads to my entire, you know, the, the, the reason why I love Web3 so much because it allows people to not need to conform to traditional nine to fives while uh, supporting themselves and their families, right? You get the true, like what I'll call like the, the Star Trekian uh, socialism, uh, which is you can do what you want to do while still surviving. Um, and you don't, 
really care whether or not the like the you know global dollar or Gineto or uh, or anything is worth money, right? You just want to keep on creating. Hola, mi amigo mío de Argentina, David, está aquí. David, yeah. ¿cómo está? Bienvenidos. Gracias. <laughs> ¿Cómo estás, Sweet? ¿Cómo están todos? How's it going? Bien, bien. Uh, ¿Entiendes hablar inglés? I understand a lot. Ah. But I can speak a lot. <laughs> Were you able to understand Jeremy's question? As a creator, I would love to hear your thoughts. Here's is, is a good point. Uh, most of us, you just want to create and create and help and create and and make this a way of living. I don't care where the money comes from. If I can help you, I will. If you can help me, I don't care. If you send me Solana or Ethereum, we we just or most of all we we want to stay in the in the creation of music a, a lot in this in this area. Yes. Uh, I think that's really important. Right. You in the traditional financial markets, you have people that spend their entire days focused on day trading. They're focused on uh, watching the markets. They're focused on uh, their analysts or their traders, uh, either day traders or not. Um, people that handle that, you know, work with banks. Um, they uh, especially people that like work with like judging commodities uh, like grain or rice or something like that they they don't necessarily care for the day-to-day -day of creating those commodities right but they rely on them to do their job in the same way that you rely on the dollar uh, uh or you know anything to uh to continue creating these commodities um, it's not important that either know the specifics of the other but it's important that they both exist Exactly. Well, we've got a couple minutes left till the top of the hour. So I think I'd like to end with a more general excitement question. Uh, starting with Remington, I'd, I'd love to hear something that you guys are excited about, uh, either pertaining to Web3 or outside if you're comfortable sharing. What's something that you're excited about coming up this week um, in your lives in Web3 outside? What's something exciting you for this upcoming week? Yeah, no, I uh, appreciate the space. Um, I mean, honestly, generally just excited to continue learning and growing, man. This this space is exciting. Um, I feel like I haven't really been a part of like a community or a era where there's like just an overwhelming amount of things to, to learn and, and apply. And it, it truly is making me think differently about the world and how it operates um, and how you know, a lot of the systems that we have in place need to change and, and kind of um, get within the, the same uh, perspective as 
as the Web3 community with like decentralization and giving the power back to the people and the user. Um, and then just with work, man, I mean, like I said, I'm working with some pretty dope uh, product leaders and like CEOs and, and just C-suite executives in Web3. So um, who knows where these connections are going to lead to uh, in the future. So excited to continue building those relationships. Major excitement. Jeremy, how about yourself, sir? Uh, I will be in Seattle on the, it's not this week, but it's coming. We're now preparing. I'll be in Seattle on the 22nd. Uh, I'm going to go get a beer with our other coworker, Curtis, and his girlfriend, Nikki. Uh, it is my wife's first time flying in three or four years. Three years uh, because she just got her green card. We've been going through that process for years now. Uh, and this is, uh, yeah, it's more exciting for her uh, than I, I, I don't know. It's like watching a kid open Christmas presents. It's fantastic. Is it her first time in the Pacific Northwest, you say? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, first time in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Yeah. That's exciting. It's very exciting. David, sir, what's something you're excited about this coming week? I mean, working in Futural, the days with my daughter are the best, is all I'm waiting for. And this week, I, I mean, working in, in music for Metastar Girls project from Switzerland. I mean, working with two or three new artists on Web3 and two artists on Web2 hip-hop, maybe rock, rock music, and uh, keep doing some sci-fi sound effects for a game for, for Paradox Interactive. Keep, keep working, keep working. <laughs> working what? Working. You're doing sound effects for Parallax? I'm, I'm working in a sci-fi game, yeah, as a sound designer. That, it, that is my favorite game studio of all time. That's Huge. Do you like Stellaris? So much. I think I put 120 hours into that game. I could geek out forever about that. All right. I'm going to send you a message. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Familio es lo más importante. It's good to hear you get to make time with your daughter. I'm Kay. I know you were uh, doing other stuff, so if you don't have time to respond, that's fine, but I just wanted to create some space if you wanted to share something you're excited about coming into this next week, the floor is yours. Oh, um, I got assigned a mentor. And so I'm going to be working with them this next week. Um, so I'm excited for that. It's amazing to get to work with mentors. And last but certainly not least, Vizzy Dottie, thank you for coming back up. What's something that you're excited about coming in this next week? This week, we got some uh, some VFriend stuff going on that I'm pumped for. Um, the I don't know if you're familiar with like the whole ecosystem, but um, if you own a book games NFT, you're entered into a chance to um, get on the whitelist for uh, VFriends 2. So super pumped to see if I get that. And then... Also, VCon ticket art is being revealed this week. So I'm super pumped for that as well. 
Phenomenal, phenomenal. And for myself, I'm really excited to ship out splits. Uh, everyone for speaking, this was the first experiment of the new version of NFT. Um, but I want, as long as everyone's, um, everyone wants to, I'm going to be creating a split around this episode of the podcast so that everybody that spoke will get some portion of the NFT sales. Um, we'll split it up proportionally to how much you got to speak and ask questions during this, but every single person that came up and spoke will get a portion of the NFT sales from this podcast. So I will reach out to each of you to get um, your Ethereum addresses so that you can be included on the split. And thank you all for joining us today. To take us out, I'm going to play a song, an NFT that I own from one of our musicians at Mint Songs, Ayo Tami, on the player that Jeremy built. So thank you all for joining. When the song ends, I'm going to end the space, but thank you for being here. This is Peon by Ayo Tami. everybody have a great rest of your weekend you thanks, too, thanks man thanks hope you enjoyed that episode with remington jeremy Vizzy, and i am soul it was really great to get to try out this new experimental style of podcast recording if you've got any questions, I'm going to include links to all of the Twitter profiles of everybody that was on today's episode, so feel free to reach out to them, connect, and ask them more questions. As always, the NFT for this episode is going to be available exclusively on MintSongs.com, where all of the royalties are going to be split evenly to each of the hosts on this show. If you've got any questions, reach out to me on any social media platform at Sweetman.eth. This is Sweets, signing off. <laughs>